Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob, episode 115. Today is Sunday, August 29th. And like I always say, we have a great show for you guys today. If you like what you're listening to, head to uh, Apple Podcasts and subscribe, leave a five-star review, follow us on Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, Today, I will be talking a little bit about the Gardner Minshew trade, as well as some of the drama from the ESPN Rachel Nichols thing. And then I'll be joined by my dad to go through uh, the NFL Super Bowl odds for the upcoming season. And then later in the podcast, I'll be joined by Peter Gonzalez to talk about the What If show for Marvel, as well as Doctor Strange 2 rumors, Spider-Man 3 rumors, and we'll also talk about the Eternals trailer and the upcoming Shang-Chi movie. So stay tuned for that. You're not going to want to miss it. Let's get right into it. And let's get into today's show. The first topic for everyone. Um... I guess it's not too big of a trade, but if you're a fan of the Pineapple Couch, you know I love this guy, Gardner Minshew, my guy. Um, Former Jacksonville Jaguar, he is sent to the Philadelphia Eagles for a sixth-round pick, and I got a couple things on this for everyone. So, obviously, if you're the Jaguars, I understand the move in a way because, hey, you have the number one pick in the draft. You have football Jesus. You have Trevor Lawrence, the best prospect since Andrew Luck. I don't know. The dude coming into this draft, we've been waiting for years since he's been in Clemson for him to be in the NFL. So they have their quote-unquote QB of the future, and that's no shade at Lawrence. I do think he's going to be very good. But again, we don't know for sure. But they're all in on Lawrence, and I'm fine with that. Six-round pick for Minshew. Minshew is a solid quarterback, in my opinion. He is not an elite NFL starting quarterback by any means. If he is a backup, he is the best backup in the NFL. But I also think he is serviceable. Like, if you told me a team, like, okay, let's sub Gardner Minshew for Ryan Tannehill on the Tennessee Titans. How much worse are the Titans, really? That's the question you got to ask. Because I actually don't think that much. And so, I don't like the value the Jags get for that for Minshew, especially because he was getting a lot of preseason snaps with the first team as well as Trevor Lawrence. So theoretically, he's taking away snaps of Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know why they wait so long to do this. Maybe they're waiting to be proven that Trevor Lawrence was their guy. I'm not really sure. But uh, the second aspect of this is, let's look at it from the Eagles' perspective. So they must not really believe in Jalen Hurts as much as we've heard if they're trading for Gardner Minshew weeks before the season, right? I'm not trying to read into the tea leaves too much here, ladies and gentlemen, but you got to imagine if you're if the Philadelphia Eagles were feeling high as shit, 100% good on Jalen Hurts taking over this year now that Carson Wentz is gone. They're not trading for Gardner Minshew. They're just not. I mean, especially if you think about the weapons that the Eagles have on offense and how that's been such a a hot point the past couple years of how bad they have been. So if they had maximum faith in Jalen Hurts, they are not making this trade for Minshew. They're just not. So that's you got to take for whatever it's worth. You got to know that that's how they feel about Jalen Hurts going into this season. I know he's a hot shot for fantasy, and a lot of people think he has a lot of potential for that. I've never been convinced that Jalen Hurts will be a good NFL quarterback. I mean, we'll see. Maybe he could have like a flash in the pan season. But I do think that this is a pretty big sign 
that they're trading for Minshew before the season of like slow down on the Jalen Hurts hype. Not that it was just particularly high. Among some people it was. Um, I not a big Jalen Hurts believer. Not a hater though. But I do think that this Minshew trade kind of proves that the Eagles are not all in on Jalen Hurts. All right. And the next thing I wanted to get into with you all is, yeah, fuck it. Let's talk about this. Rachel Nichols gets fired from ESPN. So if you haven't been paying attention, about a couple months ago or a month ago, it leaked. This video was leaked of Rachel Nichols kind of talking trash about Maria Taylor, essentially saying that Maria Taylor is getting the the raises and the roles that she doesn't really deserve. She only does, is getting them because ESPN is trying to better their image of how they've dealt with both women and uh, minorities. And if you don't know that phone call, you should probably just go read the story because God knows I didn't just explain it that well. But that's the gist of it, right? And so Maria Taylor ends up leaving ESPN. There's this whole thing. Rachel Nichols has to apologize. On a side note about this, not enough people mention this. That f- the, the shit that Rachel Nichols talked about Maria Taylor was obtained illegally. It's a two-party state. You can't just record a phone call in California and not tell someone. You have to have both parties acknowledging that. So for whatever that's worth legally, you got to imagine Rachel Nichols has that for if she's going to sue ESPN for terminating her contract. I mean, I think like a year in. So she has that. But to a bigger point, because I'm going to be honest with everyone, Rachel Nichols is annoying. I don't give a shit. ESPN, I mean, maybe this is just what this subject should be about. ESPN fucking sucks. There's nothing good about ESPN. Their shows are garbage. They're what? They're at this point, they're carried by two people Stephen A. Smith, who, as entertaining as he is, I mean, folks, essentially, he's a gimmick. We know that. We can like Stephen A., we can appreciate how kind of loud and funny he is, but it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. And I mean, what? You think about the rest of ESPN. Obviously, SVP, Scott Van Pelt, is a legend. I will never say a bad word about him, but. You look at the rest of the ESPN roster. Who the fuck do they have? And the answer is nobody. That's why you see all these other programs. I mean, TNT has shit on ESPN and basketball for the last 15 years. And there's all these other podcasts, social media, media-like companies that have just crushed ESPN. Like, are, like if you compare Barstool Sports to ESPN or The Ringer to ESPN, and others, Athletic. It's not even close. ESPN is the Disneyland version of coverage. And that's not even just because they're owned by Disney. It's just gotten to a point with their shows where it's like we don't even get highlights. We just get told like some fucking messages that they want us to be better fucking people. And it's like, yeah, I didn't really turn into this channel to get lectured by some Joe Schmo in a suit when I really just wanted to see what happened in the Padres-Rockies game, or I wanted to know what happened in the fucking college basketball game that I lost the, the bet on because the fucking over went in the last 30 seconds. They never talk about that shit. And that's why you've seen shit like Barstool and The Ringer rise, because they will talk about 
shit that normal people talk about. And ESPN has gotten so far away from that. SportsCenter used to be appointment viewing people. It was electric. It would be like, fuck listening to the pineapple couch. SportsCenter's on. And it's just such a far cry from what it used to be. And this Rachel Nichols thing, I guess, I mean, what? ESPN's just going to keep firing everyone they have. Cancel culture is cannibalism. Rachel Nichols, it only worked for so long. I mean, what? She's going to probably go to NBA TV or something. I don't know. The point of this is just ESPN sucks, and it's fun to watch them implode. And, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. Rachel Nichols isn't entertaining, and the jump wasn't very good. Whatever they do next year, it's not going to be the jump. But it's also not going to be very good. So, ESPN keeps digging their own grave. Word on the street is, is they, they just signed a big uh, deal with one of the fucking betting partners in Vegas. like Of like a three mil or three bill. I don't know. It's definitely not three billion. So, it's probably three million dollar deal with ESPN for their like to be gambling partners in a way with this sports book no one who is an anchor on espn besides scott van pelt and when stanford steve joins him has ever made a bet in their life and no one wants to listen to these joe schmoes these fake ass motherfuckers talk about it so that's how i feel about espn all right welcome back to the pineapple couch uh I am joined by my father, Jeff Robbins, to talk about the NFL season that is coming up. Dad, how are you doing? I'm excellent. How are you? Good. And I'm for this is a podcast, everybody, but you wish you could see <clears throat> the great hat he is rocking right now. Um, how would you describe it, Dad? What'd you just call it? It's my Australian bush hat. Interesting. Interesting. Um, we're here to talk Super Bowl odds, Dad. Uh we're going to also look at some other props, but we'll use the Super Bowl props to kind of gauge how we feel about each team heading into this season. Um, let's get right into it. The two favorites are the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. You got the Chiefs at plus 525, the Buccaneers at plus 650. Um, we're not going to give those out as great plays, obviously, but what do you think of those odds for both of those teams? Are you confident in their ability to get back to that game this year? The Bucks basically brought everybody back, and the Chiefs obviously um, have Patrick Mahomes and that dynamic offense. They bring a couple offensive linemen. How do you feel about those? Are those the top two teams? Yeah, those are probably the two top teams. I mean, if you bet on – put futures bets on both of those teams – you got a pretty good shot at like what plus 250 or something yeah um, i like that um and in terms of tom brady i think he is not going to slow down this year everyone keeps saying it'll happen eventually i saw no signs of it and i think that he will be as good as he has been this year do you have any like lack of faith in tom brady this season i mean the only thing that would stop him in my mind is getting hurt Mm -hmm. he's as good as he's always been one thing about the chiefs that i want to bring up dad is uh it's impossible it's not impossible it's very rare to see a team in the nfl just be in the mix year after year for four to five years now and that's where the chiefs are at they've kept the pieces around patrick mahomes pretty good do you think that 
the Chiefs are just going to always be in contention like the Patriots in a way because they have Patrick Mahomes? Or do you think there will be ebbs and flows to his career? Like, because they have the perfect pieces around him. Are they always going to have this? And they've got Andy Reid. I don't see it ending anytime soon. That sucks for a Chargers fan, but um, I agree with you. Uh, two other teams I wanted to bring up, Dad, as we go down this list. Um, we got the Bills at plus 1,300. We're huge Stallion fans here on the Pineapple Couch. Thanks to you, Josh Allen. Um, he would be, on a side note, my MVP pick. I would go with Josh Allen this year. I think he's going to be electric. He keeps his offensive coordinator. You see the Bills at plus 1,300, Dad. Are you loving that, or are you tempering your expectations? Higher, like plus 16, plus 1,800 is where I thought it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, how far did they get last year? Did they get to the AFC Championship and lose? Is that what yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're ready to break through. They what they, Did they add anything on defense? No, I think they kept pretty much. One advantage same they have, uh, as far as getting a good playoff run together, is their division is terrible. Mm-hmm. Six games against the Patriots, uh, Dolphins, and Jets. Yeah, Patriots yeah, tough, but they still aren't that good. Um, you okay on the topic of those teams though? The Patriots, you have it. I have it plus three thousand right here to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not picking the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Um. There is, though, a contingency of people who are very high on Mac Jones there in New England, like he will replace Cam Newton. I mean, that's not saying much, but do you believe in Belichick to take this average team to the playoffs? Like, is that something that's realistic, or is this just, eh, and the Bills should roll over him? It's a quarterback's league. They don't have a good quarterback. I mean, Mac Jones could be good someday. He's in his first year. The idea that he's going to, you know, put that team on his back and make some kind of big run is, in my mind, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I think it all depends in New England. Their future all depends on Bill Belichick's ability to develop a quarterback. Because mm-hmm. they have the defense and you know they'll figure out all the other holes. It's just getting that quarterback filled. Speaking of quarterbacks, same division, the Dolphins at plus 2,800. I'm not a Tua fan. And I don't know if that's because he was hurt coming into the season last year and their whole playbook was for Fitzpatrick. I'm not a big believer. What do you think going into year two for him? I'm not a believer in Tua. Uh, I really didn't watch a lot of his college career, but I did see his injury, and I know it was a significant hip injury. I just don't like the way he throws the ball. Yeah. flat. It's not really – he doesn't have a lot of velocity on his balls. Maybe that'll change. He's not a really big guy. Mm-hmm. He didn't blow me away with his athleticism, which I thought was his big draw. Um, yeah, and he seems more fragile than like a Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott type. Yeah, I mean, we could be wrong. He could put it together. Everyone, certainly all the scouts liked him. But I don't know. I'm not a believer. I, mm-hmm. I'm a big – first of all, I can't believe the Patriots have better – future odds at the Super Bowl are worse than the Dolphins. That's wild. That's wild. Um, And I like the Jets more than the Dolphins. Really? Well, Dolphins came off of an interesting year, though, last year with uh, their coach, uh, Brian something. Um, It, like, really most of their wins with Fitzmagic. Yeah, I like Fitzpatrick. And then, ridiculously, they suddenly, I think they were, like, four or five and oh. And they, and they went to Tua. Time to go to Tua. 
That was ridiculous. That was so dumb. Yeah. I, that... I not there anymore. I can't remember yeah, where he He went to the Washington football team. You yeah. Get him at plus 5,000. So there's nowhere for them to turn when Tua doesn't perform. I don't expect much. I expect them to disappoint this year. Okay. Um, and then we got three teams grouped at plus 1,400. It is the Ravens and then the Rams and 49ers. The Ravens, we know the we know that what they're going to try and do, they're going to run the ball. They're going to control the time of possession. JK Dobbins though, dad out for the season. That's a what? big, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. He was, that hurts them. Yeah. That that's a big loss. I just kind of feel like the league's figured out Lamar. Yeah, unless it makes a drastic change in his passing accuracy and stuff right. like that. At some point in time, he's going to have to, act like a real quarterback to win big games. And I just don't think he can do it. My Baker Mayfield will be better than Lamar Jackson take is the stock is rising. I'm just saying, um, thinking about the Rams though, before we go to the 49ers dad, they, um, it's the same Rams team they've had the past few years, except they sub out Jared Goff for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is kind of praised throughout the league by a bunch of players, but we've never seen him win anything. He's never been to the playoffs. Um, do you think that this change of situation will finally see a winning version of Matt Stafford? Or you think that people are jumping the gun too much on this? Because they're they better odds than the Packers. Um, I mean, Detroit is a cursed franchise where it's tough to play. Stafford's going to retire with like every passing record ever. If you look yeah. at what he has to do. Um, but he's never been able to beat good teams. He has had talent around him on offense with Calvin Johnson and mm-hmm. and, and some other guys they've had. Um, but he's never been able to put it together. What I think is, is this takes away any excuse for Stafford. He better win because it's all on him to do better than Jared Goff. Otherwise he's a fraud. And I'm not really convinced that either way, I could see him stepping up and being really good. I could see him being disappointing and having him go nine and seven and everyone go, you know what? Matt Stafford is who his record says he is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Neither would shock me because um, of just how we've seen him lose for so long in Detroit that it wouldn't Ooh. shock me to see that keep going. Uh, the other team, though, Dad, at plus 1,400 is the 49ers. You got Nick Bosa back. You're hopefully going to have a lot better injury luck than you did last year. You have this quarterback competition between Jimmy G and Trey Lance. From everything I've heard, it's going to be Jimmy G to start. Does the decision of who is the quarterback change for you there? Like, do you think they could win with either quarterback this year? Or do you think there has to be a choice? Because they have the roster. They do. I think they conceive. I don't think Trey Lance is ready. Okay, I, I think he needs some time. I don't think he's looked good at times. He's looked really, really not good at times. I'm watching their preseason game against the Raiders right now, and I think I'm watching what they're going to do. They're going to platoon him. They're going to bring in Trey Lance for certain sets, like when they go Wildcat. Do you like go, that? I like it for Trey Lance. I don't like it for Jimmy G. I think yeah, Jimmy the rhythm. Would, the rhythm of staying in there but if i'm trying to develop them long term 
that's the way to do it in my mind is you bring him into when the when the 49ers first got Montana way back in the day mm-hmm. it was his second year that he really started playing and he started playing behind this guy named Steve DeBerg who had huge numbers but was as Bill Walsh said just good enough to get you beat so what they did is they would bring Joe in like when they got the ball inside the other team's 50 and only set him up for success. Yeah. And then the next year he was the starter. That's the kind of thing I would do with Trey Lance. Put him in situations where he can succeed, play to his strengths and let him develop. And, you know, for at least the first half of the season, I would expect it's all going to depend on their record, right? Like if they come out and eat shit and go zero and three, they're going to Trey Lance. Yeah, but if they go out three and zero, they're not. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy G's but in a contract year too, Dad. So he right. could be like. I just don't think Jimmy G has the accuracy. He throws off his back foot all the time. I don't like the way he makes decisions. He gets tunnel vision. I don't like much about Jimmy G. So. But you're fine with letting him start because you think Trey Lance needs more time. Yeah, I don't think Trey Lance is ready. I think he's ready to make some big plays, but I don't think he's going to have consistency. And the Niners aren't a team where you can just roll out rookie quarterback and live with the ups and downs. They're ready to win now. Yeah, They're they loaded. are. They are loaded. Um, the next team I want to talk about here is the Packers at plus 1,600 and the Browns at plus 1,800. I think the Packers should have lower odds. They should be around in that same group with the Niners. I think the Browns should be higher. Browns are in a tough division. They're in a tough division. With a bunch of, they're going to come out with at least three division losses. Here's, but here's, here's my pitch on why I think the Browns could be good this year is the J.K. Dobbins injury in Baltimore. That's bigger than people are saying. The Steelers' Big Ben's old. That needs to be recognized. And then the fourth team in that division, I'm blanking. Steelers, oh, Bengals. Bengals, I mean, that's interesting with Joe Burrow. We'll see. I do think, though, the Browns have an elite defense. They have, I think, a great head coach. They have elite weapons offensively. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that's the best running back tandem in the game. And if you think Baker can get, is good, and continue to get better, and they continue to put him in spots to succeed. I don't, I like this Browns team. I think they have a lot of the pieces and they've been quiet this summer. Baker hasn't, there's been no headlines. I, I like the Browns. I, I like them more than the Rams or Ravens. I don't like them more than the Ravens or the Rams. Um, they're in a really tough division. Jim, Har, John Harbaugh is going to figure out how to win without J.K. Dobbins. He's it might make it harder, but he's still gonna do it. Big Ben is old, yeah. So is Tom Brady. Big Ben could get hurt, that's true. But if he doesn't get hurt, he's the best quarterback in that division. And I would love to know what the over-under for wins for the Bengals are because I expect big things from them this year. I think they're gonna overachieve. I do, and I think Cleveland's gonna underachieve. I think they're you can see of- the the Bengals doing better than the Browns this year as a little surprise with a, a big Joe Burrow year. Is that what you're anticipating? I don't know if they're going to do better than the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to do better than people think they are. Okay. That's why I know what their over under is for wins. Because mm-hmm. if it's five and a half to six and a half, which it easily could be, I would take that over. Their problem oh. is like the Browns. They're in a very difficult division. 
Yeah, They're they are. So lose all those games. Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, that they're so good at making those lines. Well, now so, it's the extra game this season, too, is gonna throw us all off. Oh, that makes that a little more attractive. I mean, are you big on um Burrow? I believe Burrow's gonna be good. I do too. Very and much so. I think he's a franchise quarterback that can get I think he is a leader of men. A leader of men. <laughs> leader of men. Uh, and, Packers. Uh, but you're just thinking Aaron, the Aaron, they should be. I mean, it's just Aaron Rodgers. There's not that much to say there. They're a really talented team. They came. I don't close. think they could win they though. Could. I think they're flawed. I mean, I didn't say they should be favored. I just said they're no. probably a little higher than eighteen hundred. Yeah. I mean, are the Niners really with their quarterback situation. I mean, I, I would, would swap the Niners. And... To, you'd take the Niners over the Packers in terms of who's no. I would take the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's the same thing we've been talking about with the Patriots. It's a quarterback's league. Yeah. The When I'm looking at this right now, um, one jumps out to me as very, very good odds is you can get the Seahawks at plus 2,500 as well as the Titans. You have them at 2,500 or 2,000, the Seahawks. 2,500. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, that's, I looked at it too, and I thought it was the best bet at 2,000. If it's 2,500... I think that Seahawks bet is the best one on that board. Um, and then are you, uh, I mean, I think the Seahawks one speaks for itself. The Seahawks kind of finally hired an offensive coordinator. That's not Brian Schottenheimer. Who's going to let Russ quote unquote cook. Um, and you'll see a little more creativity and less times in the playoffs where you're like, holy shit, let Russell Wilson throw the ball. Don't run it up the middle for one yard. Um, so they kind of like, they kind of have the same issue that we were just talking about with the Bengals and Browns. That that division is so loaded. Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals are plus 4,000. Yeah. I like that. That's not bad. Throw a flyer on the Cardinals at plus 4,000. I don't think I, they're necessarily going to win under, it all, but. I like the over-under for wins so much better than the Super Bowl lines. Because. We'll do state- over-under on wins next week. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. And like uh, they were looking at like who has who's the uh favored to win the rushing title and receiving title in terms of yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of that out there. So they have Cam Akers rated so high, it's ridiculous. Um Cam- yeah, we'll do a big props thing next week because that will work out well for the fantasy football drafts that are about to if you're doing it right before the season some are happening right now a couple of other ones that on the super bowl odds i wanted to throw at you before we wrap up um the steelers are at plus 3500 i don't think i mean i'm not picking the steelers to win the super bowl but i do think there is a scenario where the steelers could put it together and it wouldn't stun me so i don't hate those odds um the vikings at plus 4000 if I put $10 down, I get 350 Yes. Yeah, I would. that's a great bet. Chargers are at plus $3,500. Um, they're the Chargers. They, they look great. They have, if they weren't the Chargers, I would be like, oh, my God, everything's looking great. But I'll never bet the Chargers I, win this until Well, I mean, do. I will. But because if you literally, if this is any other team in the league, just take this exact roster. And just change the logo. They're totally a dark horse Super Bowl threat. But they're they're not. They're the Chargers. 
God, it the, sucks, but that's true. Outnumbered by the visiting fans in every game. You know how they didn't? I know it's preseason and we the Chargers don't play their starters, but you know how they did last night? 27 nothing loss. <laughs> God damn it. I know it doesn't matter. But, um, Dad, your Bengals plus 10,000 to win the Super Bowl. I, that's crazy. Never going to happen. Hey, you never what know. That's that. The Jets you can get at plus 10,000 as well. I, they, I wanted. They love Zach Wilson in New York. So that's what I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about these rookie quarterbacks because you have Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and um, Zach Wilson. Who do you like the most out of that group? Well, I would invite your listeners to go back to my earlier uh, appearance on your podcast where I said Zach Wilson is going to be a star. Do you, you think that? Oh, yes. I haven't wavered at all. It's only gotten stronger. And he's got something going with Corey Davis, and he can get the ball down the field. And he... Is your favorite by a wide margin? Oh, wide margin. It's not close. So are you a little low on Lawrence? He hasn't looked all that good in preseason. I just don't know. I'm not low on Lawrence. I think Lawrence is going to be great. I, however, am very low on Urban Meyer as an NFL head coach. I think that I don't could, like that. There's, there's something that when I've watched both a couple of their preseason games, and there's something about it that just looks stiff. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, they not, just they traded Minshew. Yeah, sons of bitches. I talked about that a little earlier on the pod, but um, yeah. Looking through the rest of this, uh, people like the Vikings, but I will never trust Kirk Cousins. The Raiders are at plus 7,000, Eagles plus 7,500. And the worst odds are your Houston Texans at plus 20,000. Um, I've heard nothing about Deshaun Watson on he's, trade fronts. I have no idea what's going on. Dude, he's going to be lucky to stay out of prison. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, there's they've been like he's camp's been putting out the statements that this is all bullshit still. But, I mean, it's just way too many people to like – getting sued by his alleged victims and the the fbi is looking into it or something like dude apparently this guy would sexually assault anyone that came within arm's reach i mean if you got should be done if you like like dude trevor bauer he that stuff came out he hasn't touched he's done he's not playing you gotta assume that deshaun watson is on that route because if it was leaning towards that this was going to be thrown away, the NFL teams would know and there would be trade chatter for him. And there's just none. The only way he will come back is like Michael Vick, which would be post prison. He is not walking away from this. There's like traded him in fantasy football to your dumbass son. Which one of my dumbass sons? The other one. I have two. Um, I traded him for Baker Mayfield in fantasy because I was like, Deshaun Watson's never going to play again. And Johnny just endorses that, I guess. I'm just kidding. Um, All right, Dad. Uh, Anything else? We're going to do the props next week. Um, Let's just throw throw me a Super Bowl matchup right now on the spot way too early. Packers, Chiefs. All right. I have uh, Bills, Bucks. I think the Bills, and I know I do this where I fall in love with the teams that 
like I like. I do. I just think the Bills. I think this is their shot. I think if Buffalo gets Kansas City in the AFC Championship, it's critical that that game take place in Buffalo. That's the other thing to think about. The Bills last year so good, no fans. And that's is that the best fan base in all of football? The Bills fans, they're really good. There's, There's the a Bills, lot. the Browns. Seahawks have great fans. Oh, yeah, they're just I mean, the, the 12th Denver, man thing is the worst. Fuck that. Denver has great fans. I mean, the Chargers uh, have great fans. <laughs> have many. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers. Steelers, Packers, Cowboys. I don't know. This the, the Cowboys fans always strike me as kind of like Yankees fans. They're it's like they're at the event more than football. I don't know. Yeah, was, I know what you mean. Went there, and then um, who else has super good fans? The Packers. Packers, yeah. Steelers. The Browns. Um, the Browns have great fans. Mm-hmm. Bengals have good fans. No, they don't. Better than the Chargers. Dude, the Chargers literally have the worst fans in the entire well, and it's not even remotely close. Hey, me and Andrew do what me, Andrew, and Johnny do what we can. There's you just can not that many of us. Yeah, there's just not many of you. Yeah. Spartans. You're, um, you're taking <laughs> Persian army of millions and you guys might be really good Spartan warriors but they're at the end of the day there's still only 300 of you it's on like in actuality do you think like there's definitely like is are there 500,000 Chargers fans I would have said yes before they left San Diego but now I'm not sure I was going to say million, and then I was like, yeah, there's definitely less than a million. They actually lost fans by moving to Los Angeles. I know people that hate them. Nobody became a Chargers fan when they moved to L.A. And shitloads of people said, fuck off. Because the Chargers abandoned San Diego. Dude, how bummed would you be? I am already bummed. No, but think about this. Let's say you had season tickets to the Chargers for 25 years. We're there through thick and thin. And then they win a Super Bowl this year. It's going to be so bittersweet for those people because it's going to be like, yeah, the Chargers finally won. I will lose my mind. It won't matter. It won't matter to me. I will lose my freaking mind if the Chargers Uh, win a Super Bowl. I would would do so much to get a Chargers Super Bowl. I wonder how the city of San Diego would react. Because, like, I remember when they had those really good teams with LT and those guys, and I had, like, you know, stuff to do in downtown San Diego. Mm -hmm. And the Thursday and Friday before the Sunday games, dude, the whole city was decked out in Chargers gear. It's gone. Wearing their uniforms, all that stuff. That's why the one reason I think that we're seeing, obviously, the main reason we're seeing better fans for the Padres is they're finally good. But I do think that San Diego, they that's all they got. So they've really latched on to the Padres. Well, part of it also is the stadium. It's just fucking awesome. If I'll they were still in a week. If they were still in Qualcomm, they'd be drawing a lot worse than they are now. Yeah. Because um, it's cool down there. You can go out to mm-hmm. dinner. Great, great setup. Distance from a lot of places. Yeah. Next to, next to the Giants, it's it's the best. 
Mm-hmm. I think those are the two best. I mean, I haven't been to Wrigley or Fenway. I'm sure I don't think those are as like comfortable and nice as uh, SF or San Diego, but they'd just be cool to see. Like for nostalgia reasons. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, this is so cool. Have this you is... been to Wrigley? I haven't been to either of those stadiums. We got to do that. Pineapple Couch on the Road. We got to do that. I haven't been to many stadiums outside of California. Well, this year we're going to see two. I mean, to the listeners, yeah, we are talking about our travel plans. We'll wrap it up with here. We're going to the new Chargers Stadium this year probably, and hopefully maybe the Raiders, one of the two. Raiders Stadium. I want to see that one more than the one, the Chargers Stadium, but it's a lot easier to go to Chargers games. Yeah. First of um, all, you get a ticket. All right. We understand. <laughs> we understand. We understand. Um, going to happen to the Raiders, though. You should be happy because every fan base in the world is going to travel to Vegas for those games. Did the Raiders lose fans when they left Oakland? No. Because the Raiders didn't lose fans when they moved from Oakland the first time, and they didn't lose fans when they moved from L.A. back to Oakland. I think they are the only example of a team I can think of that doesn't lose their fan base when they move from the place where they were. Yeah. There aren't many Colts fans in Baltimore. It's true. It's true. There many, but there's a shitload of Raiders fans in L.A. and Oakland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not the Niners or Chargers or Rams. Yeah, that you're right. Raider thing. And I'm yeah. sure not a bunch of people in Vegas that are totally down with the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, they're probably not Chargers fans. We know that. All right, Dad. Um, thanks for joining. We'll talk to you again I, next week. I have one last question for you. One last question. If the Raiders play the Cowboys in Vegas, who has more fans? I think it's the Raiders by like one or two percent. I think it's really close. I agree. Because I think Vegas, like you said, is going to really embrace. Like, they'll be all in on the Raiders. They'll be all in on the Raiders, yeah. And there's a lot of people. Vegas isn't isn't small anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. All right. There for that weekend. Like, if you're, let's say you're in Minnesota in December, and you look at schedule, and they're playing the Raiders in Vegas. Yeah, like, think about Packers and Steelers fans, too. Like yeah. shit like that. Patriots Jet. fans, Jets fans. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. I cannot wait for football. We are two weeks away exactly on the dot until uh, we get the football back. Scott Hansen reminding us on Twitter. We're two weeks away from red zone. So we'll be back again next week for more NFL football season prep. Dad, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Bye. All right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Uh, got a great segment for everyone right now. We're going to go in a little into the MCU, talk about the What If show that's three episodes in on Disney+, Plus, as well as rumors out there for Doctor Strange 2. Talk a little bit more about the Spider-Man trailer that dropped this past week, Eternals trailer as well, and then we'll finish that off by talking with a little expectations for Shang-Chi, which comes out this following thursday friday however that stuff works it'll be out soon so to do all this i'll be joined by my good friend peter gonzalez peter how are you i'm doing great i'm excited to it's funny i feel like we did the podcast on the spider-man trailer and we've just been steadily talking about so many things that have happened so much stuff is going down so much which is very exciting so um like i really think that these past 
few months, especially right now with What If, um, before Shang-Chi comes out. It's been like a, a lull in a way where we've only had these Disney Plus projects and I guess Black Widow. It's about to go nonstop post-COVID, like in terms of like how much, how many products they're going to be putting out or properties like a year, like four, four to five movies, four to five shows. It's going to, the MCU is going to move at a, a rate we've never seen, Peter, like in terms of how fast they can tell these stories compared to the original phase one. I, yeah, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how you garner. I feel like this year, really, this past year, kind of really set the groundwork for new fans to join yep. the MCU. And I feel like having that new foundation and the new properties that are all under the same banner, I feel like the possibilities are endless for what's to come. Yeah, and um, I guess a side uh, effect of COVID, a good one, was as popular as we think of the MCU was in Endgame. It was incredibly popular. But I have actually found that a great deal of people in the pandemic when you were like had to stay in your stupid house, they watched the MCU and they finally got into it. So I think inadvertently they gave time for fans to jump in. And then this is obviously what we've had the past year as a starting off point. So I'm with you there. Let's talk what if now. We've gotten three episodes. First one we'll go into right now. It's the Captain Carter one. Peter, this is basically Captain America, the first Avenger, but told to switch Peggy and Steve out of the first three episodes. This is the one that is kind of sticks to the movie the most by far. Um, I still liked this episode. You got like uh, Steve becoming the Hydra Stomper, obviously, because uh, Peggy becomes Captain Carter, Captain Britain, however that will work. Um, how did you... Uh, what did you think of Peggy as Captain Carter and Steve as the Hydra Stomper? And I would just, I'll start with this. Peggy, looking good. Even in animation. Let's bring her into Doctor Strange 2. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Peter Teo. You know, he makes it hard to top the things that he says, but, you know, I'm going to try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I, think, I think it was really a great way to flesh out a character that... Unless you watched the Agent Carter two season show, which has kind of been erased from, yeah, the I never actually timeline. watched that. So it was pretty good. I actually did watch it. Um, it was either that or Agents of Shield, and I went with Agent Carter. Probably but, a good good idea. You know, hope, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that would disagree, but not us. Agents of Shield sucks. <laughs> that's that's a for, that's for another podcast. Yeah, because but um, I do think it was nice to see her character fleshed out more. And I like that it was it was that Haley Atwell did the voiceover for the character mm -hmm. also, which I think was important because I think we are going to see this character in MCU properties going forward, which we'll talk about towards later in the podcast. But in I terms like of it. live action, in live action, yeah, and I think that's something that this show really gave the opportunity for. We are going to start to bleed in animated with the live action in a way that yeah. hasn't been done before. And um, Kevin Feige, he's kind of like he's that's the cool thing of like how much power he's gotten is he's able to really put it all under one umbrella. And after the success of Endgame, no one can really argue with him. So what he says goes. So I'm really curious to see how he how they do that, because that's kind of crazy. If you're thinking about it, they're going to have the animated show actually have the characters like introduced there and then come into live action. I think that that's really exciting. And it makes what if more necessary to watch 
But again, we'll talk about that after we go through the first three episodes. Um, this episode kind of basically what we have happen is we get a couple big moments. I'll just talk about Peggy ends up saving Bucky before he falls to become the Winter Soldier. You think Steve, when he fell, you thought for a split second, oh, shit, he might become the Winter Soldier. No, he was OK. He was trapped because he had the Tesseract. So the the initial Iron Man suit made by Tony's dad was powered by the Tesseract. And then the end of it, Peggy fights a crazy tentacle type thing. And she pushes it into the portal with her shield, but also makes her go in with it. She's sucked out into the portal and she comes out at the end of Avengers 1. She comes out at the end of the portal to the beginning of Avengers 1 where she sees Nick Fury and Hawkeye. And she finds out that, like similar to how Steve did, that the war ended like 60, 70 years ago. Did I miss anything I, there? No, I think you got it all. And I think that one was, I think episode one was the one that took me the hardest to watch because I'm so familiar with that movie. Like, I, And that's like the very first thing we ever did on the podcast was the first yeah. Avenger. So I think there were times I was like, wait. And I was I had to separate the two in a way. But I really appreciated how it took, it really was a what if situation because the story took different turns that very a simple situation would have changed. And I liked it. I thought... It was a very clever way to do it, and I think it really sets up using her again going forward. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so in terms of, I would say this is my least favorite of the three. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it's just too much like the, like you said, like we've seen Aven- the first Avenger so many times. I think it was a necessary one, though. I think that's why, I think this because it was so familiar to people. That's why it's episode one. It's like, Here's the groundwork we're laying so you can kind of get a feel for what we're doing with the first episode. And then things get crazier in episodes two and three and going forward. And I think also they did this as episode one because she will be in either what if season two or future MCU Mm -hmm. live. action. She's like she's going to be the the mainstay of the what if I, I gotta apologize i was checking my phone there like a minute or two peter and i've just i'm doing this live on the pod because my friend eric robinson just texted me a couple times in a row and eric come on man you know better i know you have no idea that i'm podcasting right now but you should know all right back into what if episode two t'challa as star lord i thought this one was the best of the three i really enjoyed this episode um I will. I know you don't agree because you you hate the Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'll, let's I go don't into this hate one. the Guardians of the Galaxy, guys. I don't hate. Them. I think he does. Um, so the first thing I'll say, first impression of this episode, which it pains me to say, is the universe seems much better when uh, T'Challa takes the place of Peter Quill. A lot of shots fired at my boy Peter Quill of how like dumb he is and how he's not as good as T'Challa. And I'll just say, the end justifies why peter quill is important i'll just say that for now you get thanos as a good guy who basically t'challa star lord just kind of like convinced him to not go on his infinity saga quest and that the power of a good conversation or argument kind of a lot to take in you get hot nebula drax is a bartender no gamora rocket or groot and um you have Basically, the Ravagers with T'Challa as Star-Lord. You got Yondu, Thanos, and they go against the Collector. 
that is the majority. I'm not going to go scene by scene for this stuff. Oh, but for sure. What was your uh, take on this episode, episode two, Peter? I think what stood out, what made this episode good, great for me was Chadwick Boseman's performance, his final performance as T'Challa in an MCU. Do we have property. three more episodes? Was he going to be in other okay. episodes? Okay, we should talk about this because I was confused about this too. Everyone before this episode kept saying that this is his final performance. Uh-huh. But then it came out like, no, he's going to be in a couple more this season. And then th- think about this, Peter. In the trailer, you know how they show, like, the the Avengers shot from Avengers 1, but it's different? Like, there's obviously, like, Captain Carter's there. Star-Lord T'Challa is there. Okay. So I okay. think he's... I, but I don't know. You could be right. And only reason I bring this up is not to be like, you're wrong, is because I felt I thought that was the case, too, until I heard someone like this say that. So I don't know. You could be completely right. But I'm Googling. Yeah, Google that, because I I was under the impression initially that it was that. But then I heard he's going to be in a couple more episodes this season. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean. I think, well, as you're Googling this, the thing that, like, stood out to me in this episode, too, obviously, the T'Challa stuff's great, but Thanos, that was just such a twist to get, and, like, that, to me, was the biggest example through, or the, one of the biggest examples through these first three episodes of how cool What If can be, because you have, like, freaking Thanos fighting along Black Panther as Star-Lord, very cool. What was the result of your Google search? The result is, apparently it was revealed four weeks ago, so I don't know how we missed this information. Kevin Feige revealed that there's, he actually recorded multiple episodes worth of dialogue for the series prior to his passing. So they just haven't said how many he actually will be in and they will use. But, but yeah, so he'll be in... So, okay, so let me re... With mm-hmm. that new knowledge... Obvious. I think I don't think it really changes my opinion. I think because no, no, not at all. It's someone who really wa- wanted to do right with the character, which I think you can tell why the MCU works so well because these people are so committed to their roles and making a good showing of it. And I think he understood the impact that this role had beyond just him being on screen. So I think yeah. the fact that he did this was so well done, and seeing T'Challa's Star Lord was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like, I do think you're right in the way of like, I think that this will be the performance that it's not like the final one, but this will be kind of like the farewell or the the thank you, the tribute to Chadwick Boseman because of that line Yondu has to him where basically you could fit in anywhere. You know what I'm talking about at the end of that episode? So I feel like this might have been the the big like emotional episode dedicated to him and goodbye, but we'll see him again. Um, I I thought there was great action, them fighting the Collector. You see the Collector has, like, Thors. He has Mjolnir. He has Cap Shield. He has all this sort of stuff. Um, and I, I'm a big fan of Yondu. So I enjoyed having Yondu in the... I just think he's an entertaining character. So the I, I really enjoyed his presence in this uh, episode. So that stood out to me. What didn't you like about it? I don't, I think, this is going to sound like such a hater. I just, I, I think, again, the Guardians are hard for me. So I think that part was the hardest part for me, that it's like, oh, we're going into the Guardians. And just, again, seeing T'Challa in this was like, 
T'Challa as Star-Lord, Peter Quill as Star-Lord. Like, it was like... But again, that's for another podcast. It's a different character. It's a completely different character. Exactly. Exactly. A different take and different choices, different motivations, just different impact that he would have that character would have had. And okay, well, let me say this. And I this I I don't know understand how this could be controversial, but I'm gonna say it anyway. If we could go back in time and choose who to have as Star Lord, let's like take Black Panther out of the, the equation, right? Who would you rather have, Chadwick Boseman or Chris Pratt? To me, to what makes Guardians Guardians, 10 out of 10 times I take Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. We can criticize how he fucks up, but that's just like how they write the character. Like, So, okay, so that's the thing. Yes, 100% Chris Pratt is Star-Lord. Chris Pratt is Star-Lord. T'Challa as Star-Lord is what I, is, is what I would have... I appreciated that. I appreciate seeing that versus Peter Quill as Star-Lord. There could... Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt is Peter Quill's Star Lord. He yeah. pulls that off so well because that's he's a good actor. So mm-hmm. okay, good. That's what I wanted. Um, and then I mean the like so the one thing that I will say is like the big takeaway from this episode too is like how much better the universe seems with T'Challa as Star Lord. Not so fast. At the end, we see Ego from Guardians Two approaching Peter Quill, who was not taken away by Yondu. So he's just been on Earth. He's been working at this Dairy Queen. And this obviously means probably the end of the world. So, Peter Quill. Pretty important that he went on those Guardians journeys. Um, Anything else on this one, Peter, before we go to episode three? I enjoyed it. I thought this one had the best vibe out of all of them. I thought it really showed what what it could be. And I enjoyed it best because i i would because it was cool it looked visually cool it was a tight animated show it looked what i wanted it to be which when we get to episode three i might have a controversial opinion okay okay let's get into it nice uh segue there uh episode three kind of centers or doesn't kind of center it centers around the question what if the avengers were killed um this is not as their avengers this is like in the recruiting process so like right as in the events of iron man 2 Thor one before they find Cap, they're like they know they're trying to do the Avengers initiative, and all the candidates end up start getting murdered. So throughout this, we get a, a appearance of Betty Ross, her first MCU appearance since The Incredible Hulk, and like is that two thousand eight? Yes, two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, and you get Mark Ruffalo playing the Hulk instead of Ed Norton Jr. Ed Norton Jr. Is it Ed Norton or Ed Norton Jr.? Google. I feel like the junior is like a, I'm thinking of like Kellen Winslow Jr., like NFL player. I think he's in prison, by the way. I think he did something pretty (laughs) He's not a junior. It's just Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Kellen Winslow Sr., one of the best Chargers players ever. If not the best Chargers player ever, Peter. And it was 2008. Okay, 2008. So we get that. We get the Incredible Hulk. Um, and so basically this whole we see all the origin stories of the Avengers kind of joining the Avengers, but they all get killed. And that's how this episode goes. Um, we end up finding out that Hank Pym is the villain because he's pissed off because his daughter died because she was a shield agent. Um, Loki and Nick Fury end up working together because Loki's there to avenge Thor. Nick Fury um, is wants to stop the killing of all the Avengers, obviously. And um, so they stop Hank Pym, and then it ends with Loki actually ends up taking over the world after this. 
and Fury and Captain Marvel are at the end. The last shot is them at Cap Shield, where it's like under all the ice in like the North Pole or whatever. So you think they're going to unfreeze Steve. So you got Nick Fury, Captain Marvel, and Steve Rogers, Captain America. So that should be interesting if they're going to follow up on this. Um, did you have any idea it was going to be Hank Pym before they did like the hope thing? No, I did I thought not it was be Winter Soldier. going to be him. I definitely thought him or maybe Janet or I was thinking it could have gone those routes, but I did not see it being Hank as the villain. He he looked crazy. He did. He, he, they did a good job. They, yeah, I think that's what's cool about animation is that you can more distinctly define this person is not a good person. Yeah, I mean, I really liked the Hank Pym like twist I, I liked that a lot i thought that was my favorite and then the loki nick fury kind of combo was really good um i'd put this as my second favorite um what to you is your favorite parts about this episode and then what is your controversial statement my favorite part was um seeing fury with captain marvel fighting cap rose and i felt like that really kind of again took the what if situation and really kind of presented a twist on where we can go with this I thought, again, this one was very close to things we've seen before, which is what made it a little bit harder because I was like, mm-hmm. we've kind of done these storylines before. My yeah. controversial twist, which I know is going to sound kind of odd, but because obviously this was a more violent episode, theoretically, we're having dead events yeah. everywhere. It reminded me of, a, of like a CW superhero show. That's the vibe I got from it. I'm not really sure why, but it just kind of gave me not necessarily a bad thing. It just yeah. had that vibe to it where it was like, maybe this one felt very episode structured, like just a very beginning to end. I don't know. It just kind of had that feel to me, which made it a little bit hard for me, but I liked the potential that the ending had. Kind of um, crazy yeah. that an arrow can kill Thor. That was my thing. I guess if it hits him in the heart, you shoot it fast enough, but that was my only like, eh, about this was like, Hawkeye just accidentally killed Thor. I don't know. Maybe he's not worthy yet. I just, to me, it was like, come on. I mean, the, the kills were a little bit. I mean, Hulk blowing up was just a bit. I oh, that was wild. Wait. So, I mean, I'm curious. I'm curious. I, I like. I mean, I like where we're going with what if. Um, it's it is an adjustment for sure when you know these things so well. I mean, it's harder when you know them so well. Yeah. Versus mm-hmm. when you don't know them when you they go more original on a take. Yeah, I, I'm with that. So. Moving on off those three episodes, what are our overall thoughts, theories on what if? How do we feel about it going forward? I'll let you go first. I think going forward, so what's helped me with what if is over this week, I watched the, my mom hadn't seen the finale of Loki yet. So we watched it together. And re-watching the finale of Loki with the whole Kang explaining multiverses and everything yeah, I I would enjoy what if more again having that expo- that background again and going mm-hmm. forward to where I know that we're going to multiverses and different things and again reframing it as the animated as the same as the live action mm-hmm. essentially they live side by side they're not like two different like it used to be you know you had the cartoon versions and you had the movie versions this is like same playing field just different medium. Yeah, and I think that that's fascinating, and I like that they're doing that. Overall, how I feel about this is I think it's 
I was thinking it was going to be a little more necessary to watch. And um, I think that was dumb by me because I don't think it is too necessary. I enjoy it week to week. I think it's entertaining. It's just not like, even though it is in the MCU, it's just not live action, I guess. So I guess it's just so like, to me, it's like, it's cool, but it's nothing crazy. I like it. I like watching it. But like theory wise, I don't really know. My theory is that like Captain Carter will eventually come to Doctor Strange too. And that's not even really a theory from us watching this. That's just because we've heard those are rumors. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, I don't want to say it's like cute, but it's like, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's almost like a dog that you're just like, oh, good boy. Like, you know, it's just like, oh, this is cool. But it's like, it's not, I'm not, I don't stay up to midnight to watch it at all. I watch it like the next night. Like, it's not like, oh shit, what if is out? I don't, I need to watch it now so it doesn't get spoiled. There's no aspect of that for me. But that sounds all negative. I mean, I'm watching it. I like it. It's entertaining, you know? I think it's, honestly, it's hilarious that you called it cute, but I also don't think that's a far stretch of a way to define it. But I also feel like it doesn't seem necessary now, and it seems like a nice appetizer in between courses. But I think this is going to probably have bigger implications. People are going to have to go back and rewatch it when we get to the movies. I think that's what's really going to... Certain movies are going to be, like, tied back to what if in a way that we're going to have to be like, oh, okay, this is more important now than I thought it was. Okay, yeah, I like that. I I, I think that that makes sense. Um, Now, Peter, let's jump into some Doctor Strange 2 rumors. And uh, we should, uh, do you want to credit some of the people that we got this from before we get into it? Yes, um, I was thinking about this over the week, how we were talking about things from different sources, and it occurred to me, journalistic journalism yeah. 101 whatever but a lot of the sorts of stuff we got was from twitter or youtube but it's daniel rpk charles murphy professor hulk heavy spoilers grace randolph yeah and i'll also throw out uh the dead and nerds i get a lot of stuff yeah. stuff from them um and i mean new rock stars they're out there i i, I don't take that much from them i, I like them there's something that I don't know. To me, heavy spoilers and Denon Nerds, like the two best uh, YouTube channels, at least sources for MCU news. And I think uh, Comic Explained Rob is very good too. So I, I see Grace Randolph and Daniel RPK, Charles Murphy, though they break a lot of shit though. Um, so, and I think they're relatively trustworthy. But again, s- movies change. There's shoots after the movie, reshoots and shit like that. So. Um, let's get into this, Peter. So, Doctor Strange rumors. Uh, this all kind of started with there was a, a a tweet about how awesome the fight between Thanos and Doctor Strange was in Infinity War, which it was. It was an incredible fight, and it was kind of like, this, yeah, this is the coolest fight in the history of the MCU. And then someone kind of jumps in and says, like, oh, there's going to be a fight in Doctor Strange too that's better than this, and it's the, it's going to be Wanda versus. They're saying a uh, a Fox character. So everyone immediately jumps to Charles Xavier, Professor X. And that is like pretty much somebody like reported that they're pretty confident that it will be Wanda versus Professor X. 
So in this Doctor Strange multiverse of madness, the multiverses are crashing. We're getting the Fox universe. We're getting the Sony universe. That's how they're getting everything into the MCU. In Wanda, Peter, it does appear to be the main villain of this movie. We had heard that Shuma Gorath was going to be the main, but apparently that is not true. There will be like a tentacled creature like that, maybe like what we saw in What If Episode 1, but not Shuma. And Wanda is the big villain. So I know I just said a lot. Let's start with uh, that big fight they're teasing and any ideas you have about it. And then just kind of the idea of them making Wanda the villain, the big villain. I think a big fight scene is necessary. I think we need to, we haven't, I think because again, we had the Infinity Saga, Thanos, we had these big stakes things. I think we need to see, I think Wanda versus Agatha was, it was a good fight. It wasn't the best. It wasn't like the best thing we've seen visually. Yeah. But I think it showed the potential for what they can do with Wanda. And we're con- and we're leaning into this theory that Wanda's basically getting stronger and kind of losing it, essentially. With dark magic. The dark hold. Dark hold, yeah. And just because she wants to... Again, what I think WandaVision did so well is that we had the ending where she wasn't really redeemed. And people were like, how, how come they didn't redeem her? It's because continuity has to take place. You have to yeah. have this take place somewhere else. So to jump on Wanda as a villain... I'm very much here for it because I, I think we will get a good arc of her villain to redemption story in this movie in a way that they're going to deliver visually. They're going to deliver with a script that's going to be solid. And again, I think you have someone like Elizabeth Olsen who anchors this character so well and will be able to show that range of what she's going to go through to get to that point where you're a hero again. Mm-hmm. And like a good thing that they've established with if she's going to be the villain, which I think she should and I think will be great. We know her motivations and her motivations aren't evil. They're to find her kids who I mean, we can get into the argument like they're not really her kids, but that's what's going to kind of cause her to go crazy is this pursuit, I think. Um, and I'm all here for it. I really think that it would have been a disservice to Wanda, the Scarlet Witch character and Elizabeth Olsen to not let her and the MCU explore this story arc with Wanda because no offense to Wanda, but that's, that's the thing. That's her big thing in the comics. Like she does go bad. So not doing that, I think would be a disservice to the character. Um, So, and I'm very excited to see uh, the Fox and Sony characters come in. You put down um, if the X-Men are coming, who, which version do you want to see show up? I am. So I think... Like, give me three. Three. Uh, Fastbender, Magneto, number one. Um, number two, give me a... Uh, shit, am I going to take the young Professor X over the Patrick Stewart one? Kind of want to. Kind of want to. Yeah, so I'll take him, too. And then give me... Uh, oh, fuck. Evan Peters, Quicksilver. That's what Solid I choices. I think I don't. I don't disagree with you because I don't think it makes sense for a X Men First Class is up. such a good movie. That's why I have both those versions of Professor X and uh, Magneto because I just think that's a fantastic movie. X Men First Class just set the bar for where they were going. And they just shot the bed. But I think it it makes sense. I think those two make sense. I can almost see Evan Peters Quicksilver being the one to sort of help snap her 
from this whole situation that she's got going on. But I do think that a Magneto or a Professor X versus Wanda situation would be gnarly to see because we're not going to get Storm here. We're going to get Storm probably in Black, Black Panther, Panther 2, which would be so rad. But I, do, but I do think that those three characters and those three versions would be the best case scenario for this. Unless you're going to recast them completely. Which, I mean... Is this where we see strong. Deadpool? I don't think we see Deadpool yet. I think I think that tone is not the tone that you're going for in, in this movie, which is supposed to be dark. And you've yeah. got Wanda as a villain, who supposedly is, like, trying to is get... Um, who is... Is it Miss Marvel? No. Monica, Captain Marvel, no, uh, Photon. America. America Chavez is the name you're looking for, Thank I believe. Thank you. Right? That's apparently or, who she's it, trying to It's get. America Chavez, right? So, yes, but I don't know what her hero name is. I don't know. She just hops through dimensions, right? Or, I think so. So Wanda's trying to get to her after I read that she kills Mordo. Wanda's going to kill Mordo? I'd be down. Um, so. Let's get into this thing. Because I saw this report, too. There's a rumor that the Illuminati will be introduced, like maybe an alternate universe. <laughs> I love and, our script notes for this. Yeah. And so the Illuminati basically in the comics is this group of heroes who kind of like operate above everything, above the Avengers, above the X-Men and look out for like, quote, the good of everything. And they make these decisions that sometimes are pretty fucked up, but they think they justify them. It's usually like Tony Stark, Reed Richards, T'Challa, Namor, Doctor Strange. You see, that's the usual group. Captain America has been in there, but then he was kind of like too righteous and they had to wipe his brain and kick him out. It's a great comic book story, by the way. Um, So all those characters I just named, pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. Here's what the MCU is thinking, reportedly. Suppose, allegedly. Captain Carter. I don't have that big of a problem with that, but that's fine. Okay. Balder the Brave. All right, so Thor's brother that we've never met. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, Monica. What the fuck? What? No. Hard no on that. I like Monica Rambo. She's not in the freaking Illuminati. So hard no there. Mordo, again, hard no. How would Mordo be in the Illuminati? So no way. Professor X, legitimately the only cool person on this list. And that makes sense. He's always in the comics. I don't think I said his name. Um, And I'll end this with the note I put next to this comment you had. I said, holy shit, this group is lame as fuck to be the Illuminati. That's how I feel. That sucks. That's a terrible Illuminati group. So I think this group lineup does not make sense. First of all, I feel like you've got Monica in Captain in the Marvels, so that doesn't make sense for her to be here. We don't have connection to Baldor. We don't. I mean, more. To, no, so much does not make sense here. I do yeah, think why. we will get the Illuminati though, because I read Kevin Feige's really into that storyline. And I did see that they just released like a video game where you play as the Illuminati, basically, essentially type of vibes. Yeah, to, to I'm do something. Get that. So they're trying good. to build hype for that. I don't think it will work here because, again, we've talked about this movie is so stacked. It's like we think Spider Man No Way Home is stacked. This movie is stacked. Like you have yeah. everybody here. And if you're going to bring in the Fox Universe people, like that's just. 
Insane. How many people can you fit into this? Plus, what if characters? And then, are we getting a Spider-Man in this one as well? Yeah, I think we are. I think we're getting Toby. Toby, I, th- I would think it would be. It. I would think it would be Andrew. Because I, I would still agree think Toby's because die. I, that aside, I would agree. Like saying, oh, it would probably be Andrew because Andrew seems to like want to do the character more than I guess than Toby. But Sam Raimi's directing it. Toby's going to do it. I mean, that's possible. I mean, it's definitely possible. And I think the way that they've gone to film this movie is so much tighter. It's more Star Wars level of secrecy than Mandalorian Luke Skywalker shit. Exactly. So if they're able to pull that off in the Mandalorian and nobody had a clue, like they're going to pull stuff off in this one under the guise of reshoots. Yeah, that that's how they're going to hide so many things that people. I think this trailer will do more than Spider-Man did. Oh um, no, it's going to do well. It's not Spider-Man is a has a cult following, and most of the time when you think of a cult following, it's like oh, like they're smaller, but they have really loyal fans. Spider-Man has a cult following of the masses. He's just the biggest by far. I don't. I I really think like. I mean, speaking of it, it broke like every record ever for a trailer coming out. Which is which is also wild that that's how much we were so ready for this trailer. I mean, we were ready for this trailer for months. Yeah. And they give us this trailer, which is only the tip of the iceberg. Really is, because we don't get any of the other Spider-Man in it. We don't get to see Willem Dafoe straight up, and we still don't know who the sixth member of the uh, the Sinister Six is. Um Really quick, I wanted to run this rumor by you that I saw like 10 minutes before. I think it was from uh, Marvel. It was some Marvel Max on YouTube or something. I don't know. It was like it just came up unsuggested. It's the idea that um, Mysterio is just Doctor Strange. Oh, I saw that. I saw that somewhere. That's what I wanted to tell you before the podcast. Because I was like, I told us. I need to tell you. I saw that rumor because, again... People are saying that's not our Doctor yeah. Strange. Though, I did see... I guess I'll talk about this one. I think Mysterio could very well be... But then how does Mysterio do the magic is my... Yeah, all, that, I don't know. I How does Doctor Strange have the Eye of Agamotto? But it's empty. Okay. The and why does he have it? Thingy is empty. Well, that's... And what's interesting for the Mephisto rumors, which are obviously rampant, is yeah. that when he does the spell, he does the with the hair like Agatha. It's did. very like, uh, like, like the witch in like, like fairy tales Agatha, type shit. Basically. Yeah, yeah, good point. And if since we're on that, tra- but if we're on the train that it's that this Doctor Strange is odd, I did see a couple convincing videos that were like. Yes, he seems kind of odd, but if we go back and watch Doctor Strange 1, Stephen Strange was always kind of a dick. Yeah. I mean, so it's not that much of a... It is a stretch, but it's also like, it could still work, because he's basically been the same character. Yeah, I, um, I'm under the impression that they're faking us out with this trailer of Doctor Strange being sketchy. Like, that, they might even, like, that scene we see of him, it might not even be really like the scene they use. Like that could be all like a thing to throw us off the scent 
of just so we're so we can like oh well we're talking about Mephisto blah blah blah. Meanwhile, there's less out there about how Toby and Andrew are going to show up. I don't know. That definitely I, did eclipse the conversation when the when the trailer dropped. So maybe that's their move. Maybe it's like you know how they threw Hulk in uh, the Infinity War trailer. I I just wouldn't put anything past them, especially with a movie of this size. You put down it's a two and a half hour runtime. That's apparently awesome. I just read that that's the placeholder time that they have at the moment. So it would make it the longest of the Spider-Man movies yet. What was Endgame? Three hours. Oh, three hours? Hold on, I knew this. I, I saw it like 11 times. So. Two and a half, that's good. They, I mean, they have a, so much to go Endgame, into in this movie. Endgame, three hours and two minutes. Okay, yeah, that, that that's exciting if Spider-Man's going to go that long. Um, let's wrap up with two more things here, Peter. Eternals trailer. We get our first look at the Deviants. It was a lot better, I thought, than the first trailer we got for the Eternals. Made me a little more hyped. Um, we have something we need to talk about. Oh, what um, do we have to talk about? I had a note that I, for Eternals, I honestly <laughs> literally don't care. But Kit Harrington makes me care. I'm a big Jon Snow guy, so I'm down to see Kit Harrington as the Black Knight. That's fucking awesome. I'm in. And I only have a, have a few words to say, Peter, here. You wrote hashtag Team Richard Madden. And my my response would just be, have you seen The Red Wedding, Peter? Have you seen The Red Wedding? So have you okay. seen what Rob Stark, how he acted when he was in charge? Have you seen Jon Snow? I mean, come on. It shouldn't even be close. Kit Harrington versus Richard Madden. Come on. Come on. The king of the north, the the better king in the north, Jon Snow. I mean, he's the freaking king of the Aegon Targaryen, baby. Sorry, I'm a big Jon Snow guy. I got the Funko Pop and everything. He's like he was on the logo for forever. So, why not? Have you watched The Bodyguard? On no. Netflix? Okay, there's a series. It is called The Bodyguard with Richard yeah. Madden. So homework for I heard you. It's good. I'll do some homework. You know, um, I watched that. It's like a mini series. I was only going to watch like an episode and then call it a day. I binged all of it in one day. Oh, shit. So, so I'll check that out. Wait, his... so what are you looking forward to most in Eternals then? Is it uh, Richard Madden's character? Is it uh, Angelina Jolie, Kumar Nanjiani, um, Kit Harrington, Gemma Chan? Like, what is this aspect of this movie that is luring you to it? Because for me, like, I'm... I am actually like Kit Harrington is one of my favorite actors. So yes, I'm excited about that, but also like the black Knight, that's just a dope character to me. So that's what I'm most excited about is getting that character out of the Eternals franchise and over to the Avengers and the cherry on top is it's one of my, like it's freaking Kit Harrington. Who's one of my favorite because of Jon Snow and game of Thrones. So it is so rad to hear how passionate you are about this. Your, your, your motivation to see this movie. I think that's rad. And I, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, that's right. I think for me, I think it's, I want to see the storytelling of why weren't you intervening during Thanos. Okay. That's really like appealing that. to me. The cast is stacked. I'm a huge Gemma Chan fan also after seeing her in Crazy Rich Asians, like in a yeah. small role, what her talent is. It'll be, I think the fight sequences are going to be <laughs> gnarly again yeah. because they're different. It's a different, I like that it's totally a different vibe. And I think that WandaVision taught me to appreciate the different vibes that the MCU can do. So I think I'm hyped for this because like, I don't really know what to expect in a way 
that I haven't felt since. Which one did I not feel like I knew what I was? Was it Falcon Winter Soldier? No, because I mean, Falcon the Winter Soldier kind of knew what was pretty straightforward Captain. the story that was going to be. Oh, the one you didn't know what it was going to be? I mean, it, honestly, Loki's up there, but... Yeah, Loki's up there. It's that kind of thing where you don't know what... Yeah, Ragnarok? Ragnarok. Yeah, Loki, Rag... Yeah, that kind of vibe where it's like, what am I... I'm not a huge fan of these characters. Well, cause, okay, so I guess... It's just this one, because right? I, I was obviously a huge fan of Loki before Loki. I was... Mm-hmm. Maybe Black I mean, Panther then? Yeah, okay, Black Panther. Yeah, I think, yeah, well, that kind of vibe where it's like I don't have that connection already to go, so let me be able to embrace something brand new. Oh, <laughs> you know what's the best example of something like the Eternals? What's the the Guardians? So you're gonna really like the Eternals then, because you love the Guardians. I mean, you're setting up those. I mean, to compare the Guardians to the Eternals, okay. Okay, I'm ready. A, okay that's ready. an in, that is I am saying now the, the Eternals will be nowhere near the Guardians. I mean unless they really get me just so much Kit Harrington that I'm like, oh shit, I gotta like this one the most. Already, already you have a better I mean the cast of the Eternals. The cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, oh, let's take it easy. It's pretty so, close. You you got Chris Pratt, you've got Vin Diesel, you've got Bradley Cooper, you got Batista. Who you got Zoe Saldana? I mean, it's I don't know. Ladies Russell. and gentlemen, stay tuned until November. It's a part of every have... podcast where this Guardians. <laughs> We're thing teasing comes up. all sorts of things. There's going to definitely be a Guardians podcast, but there will also be a Guardians versus Eternals once Eternals comes out. Because who knows? I could hate Eternals. It's possible, but yeah. I mean, we're not there yet. So there's see, we're planning for the future, guys. There's yeah. stuff coming then. And I'm curious if, last thing on Eternals, so Thanos is a deviant. He's like, has the deviant gene. Like, so he's somehow related to one of the Eternals Thena, is his dad. I think, yeah. well, think Thena's his sister. Something. Or like, something. And then Ajax is his dad, who they I don't think is in this, but like, Thanos, it, there's a Thanos Well, Ajax is now a, f- a female character, isn't that Ajax? There's some freaking Eternal that is his father that's not in this. Um, so maybe I'd be interested to learn more about Thanos, because if he's part Deviant, why didn't they interfere then? So like you were saying, like what, what have they been doing? Um, and then last thing, Peter, I want to talk about today is our expectations for Shang-Chi. Um, people are, in all caps, raving about this movie. One thing I like would like to say, though, about the raving of this movie, to just kind of... All these people who are raving about it like to kiss Disney's ass so they can keep going to these private screenings. That's a fact. So take grain of salt with the things that come out before the general public can see it. Because every single person who is getting that early access kisses Disney's ass so they can continue to get it. And you see it on YouTube from some people. And luckily there's a good amount that don't. But there's a I don't know. There, I could call out people, but it, it's there. It is such a thing. So that's one thing I want. Disclaimer. Yeah, it's a disclaimer about all the hype. What do you do? You th- do you agree with that? What do you think? Um, Disney, if you're listening, please invite us to your screenings. We will be very honest. I got. I'm gotta say, there's. I just think there's no chance Disney's gonna send me. 
I think I've said too much shit, so you got to kind of take it over. Literally earlier <laughs> on this podcast, Peter, I have a segment where I just shit on Disney and ESPN for like 10 minutes. So I think, but Disney, I think- if you're listening, don't blame Peter for my actions. Invite him, and then he'll just tell me what happens in it. Or no, he won't. He won't. But no, what will happen is that when I direct a Marvel movie, you will then that'll be your window to come into the premiere. Oh my gosh! I'll let you finally let me be Spider Man. Be so great. (laughs) But um, I think the hype is it's 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 interesting because there is a lot of pressure that's also being put on this movie in a way that other ones didn't have because they want to tell: Are we going to be able to do Eternals? Are we going to be able to do Spider Man? based on how this performs at the box office. Yeah, so they're really pumping it up. And so I think it will meet the hype. This will be controversial probably, but I think it'll meet the hype and be maybe better than Black Panther, which became more about the hype than the movie. I think it'll be a better movie. Yeah, than Black I see that. Because Black I think Panther it'll be, was... I think it'll be right cool. around there. Because mm-hmm. culturally, Black Panther was a huge thing. Oh yeah, which this also is coming in a time when it's necessary. Yeah. So I think, but I don't think this. I think this one's how good the movie is will overshadow the impact, as opposed to the impact overshadowing the movie. Yeah, and um, I think it'll be good. I do think it'll be right around that Black Panther range, um, maybe a little below. I, I'm a sucker for a good soundtrack. Black Panther has that. Um, in terms of like. I think it's going to be good, but like I've seen people put it top five, top ten. I think that's ridiculous. I would be stunned if after seeing Shang-Chi, it's a top 15 MCU movie for me. I'd be stunned. If see, I think it will be a top ten for me, so I'm curious. Top ten? I think it has that potential. I think it has that so you potential. So think, you think Shang-Chi will be better than all four Avengers? We'll do a, Both Spider-Man. Okay, that's four. That's six spots in the lineup. Ragnarok. Any of the the Iron Man, any of the Iron Man, any of the Cap. Oh shit! See, it's not easy. Okay, if we take out Avengers, that opens up four spots. If you take out the Avengers, do you think you're gonna like Shang Chi more than Black Widow? Yes. Do you think you'll like it more than Eternals? That is that's not being counted in yet. That's separate. Well, I like it more than Guardians. I guarantee it'll be better than Captain Marvel. Oh, shut will, up. No, will no. I like it more than Captain Marvel? Probably. Will I like it more than Thor 2? Yes. Will I like it more than... It'll be hard for it to top an Iron Man, a Cap, a Spider. But... Guardians. I don't... I think this... I think it'll be Ant-Man be... level. I think it'll top Ant-Man. Which it's got to be really hard. good, because Paul, Paul Rudd's funny. But Ant-Man movies aren't even that good. It's just Paul Rudd. Um, all right. Uh, I like it. That was a good uh, a good little ending there. Um, Peter, anything else before we wrap up today? I mean, it's wild to know that we will finish this podcast. And later today, tomorrow, every day this week, there will be more things coming out. Yeah, shit's hitting the fan. So, and we've got a movie next week, guys, that's going to be and we're gonna we're gonna kind of brainstorm how we're gonna talk about movies. Yeah, because I don't think we want to go uh, break like, scene by scene because you guys all saw scene. the movie, so we'll just go like top ten or 
stuff that stood out to us obviously talk about all the big moments um and obviously i mean i think a big deal of our pods about movies will be like the last part where we talk about post-credit scenes and implications which we haven't seen yep we haven't seen um all right peter always a pleasure um we'll talk to you next week uh thank you everyone to listen for listening i hope you're having a good weekend hope you're enjoying the rest of your summer hope you had a good august and uh, god bless